0: This is the Salon Entrepreneur Podcast with Amy and Jeff. We're a husband and wife team that has started and scaled salons in multiple markets, each with its own unique starting point. We launch each business with core strategies and by always staying true to our vision and brand. Tune in for ideas and inspiration on how to achieve wealth in your salon business, relationships, and family. Host, Amy and Jeff Stebbins. Hello, Jeff. Hey, what's going on? We're going to talk about location today. Location,
1: location, location. Always something that it's kind of one of the exciting parts of starting a salon is once you've got excited that you're going to do it, then you go start scoping spots and running your covert missions to see how much foot traffic there is. And, you know, is it in a good spot? You love the location part of the game. I I
0: really do love the location part. And we do the covert uh, things all the time. Like we stake them out. We make sure that there's enough traffic and people walking by the energy is good. Yep. We totally do that.
1: We do. Well, let's talk about it. We've kind of broken location down into really five fundamental factors, all your F's for the day, um, to consider when looking at location and, I think certainly one of the top ones talking about our our covert operations with our you know GI Joe clothes on is when we get into a shopping center or we get into a location it doesn't necessarily have to be a shopping center but I, I think one of the top things we look at is what are the surrounding businesses when you start to look at any space that might be available.
0: Yeah, that is um, for me a big one. I always look at could I partner with some of these businesses next door? Uh, will we feed off each other? Right. Um, Good ones for me in the hair industry is always uh, maybe a nail salon. You know that they have lots of walk-in traffic. Usually, people that are consistent on their nail are consistent on their hair services as well. Right? Maybe a spa. A gym has always been a really big one too. Um, people keep up on their appearances. They like to get their hair done too, and especially after the gym, they might pop in and ask for a blowout or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are things that I always look for. I make sure that we can uh, cross market and partner together.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, I think when we start looking at surrounding businesses, it, it tells a lot of the story, especially once we, we talked about establishing that vision and starting to say, okay, if we've got this type of salon, does that belong with these other groups of businesses? And And oftentimes commercial areas will do a pretty good job of putting like style businesses, the right kind of offerings and services in a given shopping center or a given area but there are times where the shopping center looks okay but you're next to a pet smart and next to uh you know whatever a mcdonald's or something if you want to put a high-end salon that's probably not the best spot in the world but if you're looking for maybe a high traffic high volume quick color cut kind of thing That might be a great place because you just have that volume of people coming through with those types of businesses. So I think that's something we always look at is, do we fit well here or is this going to be a a bad spot because we're not going to have the right type of clientele coming to our business?
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, you don't want to clash with the other businesses. You don't want to stand out in a bad way. Right. Um, You want to blend and make sure that you're on the same level, at least as a few other, uh, the businesses in there too. So you know, if you have a walk-in business, you maybe uh, maybe a grocery store or something that has a lot of tra- foot traffic is mm-hmm. good for you because you know that people are going to notice you because they're there all the time. Right. Um, if you're doing a high-end salon, you don't need as much. You know, you, you might, for extensions, I don't need that many clients during the day, and I'm certainly not going to get somebody who walks in and right. expects me to do their extensions. So um, I'm not really looking for walk-in business, so I'm not, I don't need to be by businesses that offer the same thing.
1: Correct. Yeah, I think that's been a big thing for us to to notice is that we looking at the type of services we didn't have to have the heavy foot traffic. And with the space that we picked here for our our new salon in Scottsdale, we intentionally didn't pick the highest foot traffic because we looked at some really nice spaces and they were complimentary to what we would do. And they, they would have been good spots, but based on the type of flow and the type of clientele, we had the right type shopping center, the right type of clientele. Yeah. It wasn't hot and heavy with foot traffic per se, but people are coming there to get these type of services done. And I think it's a great fit for us just based on our strategy for this particular salon. And like you said, specializing in, in extensions.
0: Yeah, and we're also not going to have uh, a ton of um, stylists on board, too. So if we were in one of the locations that we had looked at before this one, um, had a heavy foot traffic, right? Like we talked about, it's by a really busy shopping center or um, grocery store. We won't have the staff to support it anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so that was kind of some of the things that we were like, "Well, oh, this isn't going to work for us because we probably won't keep up with the demand, and it'll be a lot of walk-in services. It won't right. be extensions, and that's our focus." So,
1: yeah, yeah, and I think the the thing has gone the other way. When we had a really large salon, that location was good to a degree, but it didn't have enough. There wasn't the ability to get people coming over and over again to do that more high volume kind of salon where you had 20 some stylists. So we've seen the other end of the equation where the foot traffic was never going to support it because there was no opportunity for expansion of other businesses or anything. We were sort of in a a one-off strip mall type of area. The other businesses that were there were great, but there was never going to be the ability to continue to grow because we weren't close enough to a target or some of these other things. They were just a little bit too far away to really allow us to capitalize on that.
0: Yeah, and there was only two other businesses to feed off of too. It was right. a very small shopping center, right? So, at the start, was good because it had a day spa, and then it had the gym. Um, but then the day spa transitioned into an eye, um, an eye center. I don't know what you call those, but right. um,
1: optometrist. Type there you of go. Thing. There
0: you go. Thank you. Um, so their traffic, their foot traffic was very small, right? And it just didn't work.
1: Yep. No, that's a good point. So, and again, kind of thinking of, of that salon moving into the second one that we take a look at in no particular order, but this is something we pay a lot of attention to. We mentioned traffic, uh, foot traffic, but also just visibility and parking are a couple other things that we really have had pluses and minuses with the different salons that we've owned. So, I, I think a big thing from a visibility standpoint is can people see you uh, from the road? Are they gonna know you're even there? I mean, we've had businesses where it seemed very visible. You could see it from the freeway even, but then they're like, I didn't even know you were here because Mm -hmm. it was off of a frontage road. So, you know, I think there's a lot of things to consider related to that traffic aspect, but expanding on that to visibility and then parking is certainly one that you spend a lot of time thinking about as well.
0: Yeah, but I wanna talk about visibility a little bit because um, salon number two, we did we did have visibility from the, the freeway, like you said, but the sign wasn't very good, right? right? So um, once we swa- swapped out the sign, then the visibility became a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I think those are things too to look at. Is my I mean, we have visibility, but are is our is our brand showing really well and standing right. out enough? You know, be, especially from a car on a freeway, right? Yeah. So once we changed out our signs, made them a lot brighter, a lot bolder then then that works. Yeah, that worked for us. But before it wasn't working and it's because the sign wasn't even noticeable. So it's those kind of things too, maximizing your visibility even if it is a freeway. Yeah. Um yeah. And then parking also is a big thing. I mean, doing all the other jobs that I had as far as sales and education too, I went to a lot of downtown salons. Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time finding parking. Now, being downtown it has it pluses and minuses, right? People can walk from their houses or apartments or whatever to come to you. So maybe, maybe it uh, equals out, but the parking if they're I'm not I'm not gonna go to a downtown salon if I don't live down there. Right. Uh ever because I hated doing my job at those. I mean, you have to pay a meter. I would be at salons teaching and they would have to stop in the middle of their client and they'd have to go pay the meter because they only had meter parking at. I don't want to factor that into my day,
1: right? Um,
0: but maybe you get used to it, but that's just something that I am hyper aware of because Mm -hmm. I would never want to do it. And then also we had a salon, I said partnering with the gym is amazing as long as you have enough parking, because especially if it's a a class-based gym or something like that, they Maybe they all show up at 10 o'clock and so do your clients, right? Right. And then your clients are late and they're frustrated and you're frustrated because they're late. They can't find parking. That's not a good thing, you know? So we had, we've had we had both. So now parking is a big uh, focus for me too.
1: Right. Well, and again, looking at the customer experience overall, uh, that is part of it. If you have to drive around looking for parking, it's a turnoff. Uh, again, unless you're going with the expectation that you know your business is all about that, that urbanized experience and they're all coming from condos and apartments, then great. That's part of your business model. You don't really care if you get people from outside of downtown coming down to your salon, you're kind of cashing in on, I guess, what the local uh, group of clientele may look like. So yeah, that's definitely, in fact, we're always asking for more parking for our clients. And that's something you should look at negotiating in your lease is if you don't have at least a few dedicated spots and maybe you need more than that, depending on the size of salon that you have. Make sure that you take some time to say, my clients matter and I at least need a representative amount of parking available because that really does factor into the experience.
0: Yeah, that that does. That's a big thing to bring up before you even sign the lease. Um, and a lot of times we get battled on that every single time. But like you said, we're we're paying too because the, there'll be a, a restaurant and they'll have dedicated parking for the restaurant or dedicated parking for a different uh, space that's in there rented and and not for ours because we are new. But we got, you got to get it from the beginning. Otherwise, um, you know, you might lose people just off that, especially if you don't have the clientele, they're new, um, to you and they can't find a spot. They're like, I'm out. Right. So don't lose them just over parking.
1: Yep. Yeah. Definitely negotiate a few parking spots. And like you said, we battle every time, but usually we get at least a couple Yeah. and something that again makes it. So we've, we've got a good experience for those that are showing up, especially in those (laughs) busier times. Like you said, the restaurant area, Five o'clock on on Fridays, you know they're they're packed or Thursdays even. Uh, right. you want to make sure that your clients can get in without a lot of a lot of frustration.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean you want that you want that business that is going to pack the parking lot in um, some sense, but then you also want to make sure that you can accommodate your schedule and your clients too. so right, just even it out.
1: Yeah, excellent. All right, well, this one is a good one because looking at we had a salon. In Wisconsin, we had a salon in Minneapolis, we had a salon in Orange County, we've got the salon in uh, Scottsdale right now. And each of them have had slightly different commute experiences. Sometimes we've been, well, you've been a uh, yes. 90 plus minute drive to your salon mm-hmm. uh, in bad weather and everything else. And it was a fantastic business. So we we always justified the drive, but that was that was an awful commute. And now we've got our latest salon where we can almost throw a rock at the salon from our house, which is a, a totally different experience. And then everything else is kind of fallen in between a little bit, you know, nothing too crazy. But I, I do know because of the different types of salons, that commute is such a huge factor to consider based on your involvement in the salon, especially as you're starting a new salon. You're going to want to be able to not not that you need to spend every waking moment at the salon, but you need to be there to to handle business as things start to scale and as things start to transition. So talk a little bit about one, your commute experience, um, but also, you know, really where where that starts to come into play.
0: Yeah. um, Each salon we've had, the commute has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller (laughs) every time. Yes. Uh, We're learning. We're learning. Uh, we're really good now. Because Next now one will
1: build a room in the back for it. it.
0: Totally. <laughs> and we've thought about that now. Um, not quite the experience we're looking for. But each one has gotten closer to our house. And for good reason. I mean, because I did the long commutes. And you do get used to it a little bit. But uh, if you want that work-life balance, which we're always talking about, mm-hmm. that is not a way to do it. I ate every meal in the car. I, had, I only ate breakfast and dinner. When you're a stylist, you don't get much time. But... Uh, it was always in the car. Right. Because I'm like, well, I have to sit here for a couple hours. I'm going to just, you know, I got to keep myself busy somehow for one. And then we were in the snow and uh, it just, it was not pretty. I don't miss that drive at all.
1: Yeah. I can't honestly, what was it for almost two years? You drove back and forth an hour and a half plus. Right. To begin with, three or four days a week and then it was on the weekends for friday saturday and even some sundays and stuff like that i mean it was crazy and so yeah yeah, that's that's not a sustainable lifestyle uh, for anyone and you're as motivated and ready to to drive to get the job done as anybody in the world but there was no way we were going to be able to to sustain that long term
0: no i mean you know, and I worked long days because I'm maximizing because at this time I'm also doing education. If I'm not there, that's, I was traveling and doing education. So trying to get all the the clients that I could in when I came. And, um, so, you know, we're leaving early mornings, late nights, uh, it, it becomes a battle. And we're talking, we're also talking about, um, maximizing our day. I mean, that's a lot of wasted time in the car and time is money. And so I could have been knocking out a few clients instead of driving that far. So now you look back and you're like, well, eh, maybe it wasn't the smartest thing, but I had already built that business and then moved away. So right. that one just ended up being being what it was. Um, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I don't definitely. miss it and it wasn't fun at all. But I loved the business and I loved my clients there. So, you know, we worked it out, figured it out. But now, um, now I'm so close. It's so nice. I can even walk to work. Uh, once it gets hot, I will not be walking to work. <laughs> But it now like the balance is there. And like we talked about, you want to be close. I mean, there's sometimes there's things that go on in a salon setting that you need to be there for, or it's, it's helpful if you can be there for it. I mean, I mean, I can, I can get somebody here too, which I had to do when I was so far away from my salons. But if I can just pop up there and fix the issue, then I'm going to do that. You know, I mean, that saves, that saves you money too. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what we figured out. So make sure that if you're looking into a location and stuff like that, make sure you get it close enough to your house. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't have to be walkable. Right. I mean, that's just my preference, and it worked out this way. But it doesn't have to be. But just make sure that you can get there in a reasonable time uh, for your schedule, too, and not What's wasting the it all time. Vespa driving. you're looking to? Yeah, we talked about What's a Vespa. What,
1: what brand was it? Vespa. Oh, I know. what there, there was, like, a special one.
0: Oh, I wanted a Christian Dior Vespa. Yeah, Christian
1: Dior Vespa. Just... Right up to the slide. I had to do
0: a few more extensions first yeah. before I could get it, but <laughs> yeah, nah, no.
1: I I can see it happen. I can see it happening.
0: No, I, my my extensions would be blowing in the wind on my Vespa.
1: <laughs> Everything in slow motion. Totally.
0: No. Nice. Not happening.
1: Well, yeah. Again, keep it close if you can, because yeah. we, we've done the long drive. We've done the flying back and forth uh, yes. to keep oh, yeah. keep things moving. Flight, um, so there's we've. Planes, trains, and automobiles, we've done four salons. Mm -hmm. And again, sometimes based on where life takes you, you manage those situations. But if you're really looking at starting a salon and making sure that you're gonna be able to give it the the best attention. And honestly, if you're starting from the ground up, you've got new clients, you've got new employees, you've got assistants, being there and being accessible is gonna help just build that team and build that culture that you wanna build. Um, So again, I think if you can be close, Try try to stay close to your house.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're starting something new, you can be close, right? Right. Don't do it unless you can. Yeah. Um. Because it frees clients out too. Because there are things that happen, right? Uh, th- especially when there's like a two-hour distance, you know, traveling and stuff like that. You could have a flat tire. You could get go in the ditch, especially in the Midwest. I right. mean, all these things can factor into it. And then my days stacked. Then what? Right. right. So those those things are less likely to happen if you're not traveling so far.
1: Excellent. Well, good. The next area that I get excited about because, well, it's got numbers and it's got graphs and charts and PDFs and all that stuff, which is awesome. Such good stuff. (laughs) But anyway, um, it is really more what I call the, the commercial analysis. And so one of the things, once we start looking at a spot, maybe it's got the vibe, it's got the right surrounding businesses, it's got a little bit of everything that we're looking for. Well, now we really need to make sure that the the demographics, the numbers line up. So, I mean, there's some websites you can go to. The one we typically go to is LoopNet, and I've got that pulled up here. You can find a commercial uh, prospectus and it's got an executive summary on the area. It's got a property description. It's got financial analysis. Yeah. It's got a market overview. So, not only do you maybe see some of these things as you do your drive by and you do your reconnaissance work, but it's also going to carve out here are all the spaces that may be open in a given uh, location. And honestly, right now, depending on what market you're in, there might be a lot of commercial real estate spaces open. So you want to understand how close to capacity are they right now Are are you going to be on your own and not have the traffic that you're looking for, depending on, I guess, what the state is of, of any current Commercial build out that customers have, and then the second piece is with that uh, that analysis of the market overview and financial analysis. It's telling you exactly what is the demographic of people that are within a certain radius, a one mile radius, a two mile radius, depending on which report they're putting out. That's a lot of valuable information because if you're saying, "Well, I want this type of salon," in our case, we want a uh, extension salon. We're going to use top of the line everything. We've got luxury retail products. We have to make sure. That we're not building that salon on a college campus or building that salon too far out in the country where nobody's gonna find us. I mean, those things seem obvious, but when you're really getting down into the details of that, that really is important because you could pick any community even within a mile of here and every city is diverse in how, where, where are they, is there housing? Is there apartments? Is there townhomes? What type of clientele are you able to attract? So I like getting the numbers that kind of backs up the, I guess, the vibe that we have in in a spot that we want to pick.
0: No, it's really important. I mean, salon number three, um, we did this, but there was just different factors that we didn't realize. I mean, it was still a high-end area. We still had a high-end shopping center, but there was other things that we looked at. You know, we got there and we're like, oh.
1: Yep. No, that's... And again, once you have the numbers, somebody's done, you know, you don't have to go just off of a feeling. You've actually got something to back it up. So definitely check out the commercial real estate sites. You're going to have to do it anyway, as you're getting ready to look at leases and things like that. But that allows you to see if you're even choosing a location Mm -hmm. that in the surrounding areas, you're going to have the right people to support the type of business you're putting in. And that kind of brings us to the fifth piece, which is competitive analysis. And again, it's, it's looking at businesses that may be doing similar things. I don't, I don't go looking at other salons saying, "All right, who's our competitors?" It's it's not like yeah. that. There's typically plenty of people to go around for businesses, but when right. you start doing a competitive analysis, we don't want to be in the same parking lot. Maybe we don't want to be setting up a brand new salon that's right next to the Premier Salon in the entire area that that does Capture a lot of the business at this point in time. So, talk a little bit about the way you view competitive versus, yeah. you know, how maybe other businesses legitimately are going from a competitive perspective.
0: Yeah, competition is actually a good thing. So, uh, I I don't mind competitors unless it's exactly the same thing as what you're doing. Typically, it's not that the odds are very slim that it would be, but uh, competition doesn't scare me at all. I I mean, they're doing it, so then you know that the area you know, is supporting it and they might be there longer. So they might be tapped out already anyway. Um, but sometimes they're doing services that you're not gonna offer anyway. Right. You know, we talk about specializing in services, you know, um, if I didn't do blowouts here, a blowout bar, that would be a great addition. So, you know, my clients would be clients would be already coming here getting a blowout. So then they're like, oh, I'm gonna get my extensions done there now and I'm gonna go get my blowouts. So it just a lot of times it makes sense. The competition is not not a thing for us. I mean, it never bothered us. We never really focused on that, but it's something to consider for sure.
1: Right. Well, and I think, again, the the, the word competition I think is wrong. If, yeah. if a client isn't a good fit for the business that we're building and the experience we're creating, then they go somewhere else. I think it's always... Okay. it. You, you need to build a win-win situation for your business, and you can't try to please every client that wants every type of service, which is why we started specializing. So that's why I think, yeah, it's great. Go go to the blowout bar because that's what they do. They just you know plow blowout services one after <laughs> another and or go to the place that, that does men's cuts or whatever. Right, you know, go to the barber. I, I, right, yeah. exactly. So I think we look at it as almost more complimentary than yes. competitive because we're going to do what we do and try to be the best – in the area at what we do. And we assume that the other salons are doing something similar and the, the clientele will find where they need to be. And if they're not happy at the other one, it's not good for your business either, or the, the existing salon. So I think those are always things that we need to take a look at. And, and again, not get too concerned if there's another salon within a, I don't know, a, a mile or a half mile radius. That's, there's probably three or four in, in most bigger markets. There's going to be right. quite a few salons.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, it kind of makes you up your game too when uh, there's somebody with a similar business, you know. And so hopefully it holds you accountable, whether it's the salon that was been there or the new one coming in. I mean, if a new salon came in by me and I was in business for a while, I'd be like, okay, what are they? Oh, they they're doing that. Their sign looks great. Maybe it's time for a new sign. Maybe it's. So I think it holds you accountable, making you up your game because a lot of a lot of the uh, businesses just stay dated, right? So. I, I think it's a good thing
1: Yeah, for, for sure. everybody, for the clientele, mm-hmm. they might increase, you know, make for a better experience as well. So yeah, I think everybody wins when there's a little bit of complimentary Healthy competition is yeah. good.
0: Yes. We well, like cool.
1: It. Well, again, the, the the five main factors we looked at today: the surrounding businesses we talked about, and that even surrounding businesses would be looking at other salons in the area that may do mm-hmm. similar or different types of services. Um, looking at the traffic, visibility, and parking. That's that's a really important one. The yes. commute we talked about. You don't want to planes, trains, and automobiles to your salon. If you want to do that, sustainable. I mean, some people I know maybe yeah. have multiple locations or things like that. That's a whole new ball game. Then you're just starting a salon, and and, and you want to put your best foot forward, take right. that community in consideration. That's, that's short term. Right.
0: That's really short term.
1: Yep. Uh, commercial analysis, I can't I can't stress that enough. Get some numbers that actually back up the vibe that you have or the excitement that you have and then all of a sudden you can see, hey, this, this market actually isn't going to support the price point that I feel like I'm worth. So this is, this is not the spot for us. And unfortunately, then you got to take into consideration the commute and the yes. location and the commercial analysis because... Maybe all that stuff doesn't, maybe you're not living close enough to the place that you aspire to have your salon. So you got to put a plan together to to do that. I mean, we've been in that situation where we knew where the salon needed to go, but we weren't living there yet. So it's like, all right, well now yeah. we need to make a plan to be there so that we can do this business the right way. Because once you commit to it, the upside is massive, but you need to make the the right decisions and trade-off decisions to make sure that you launch it and and do exactly what we're doing. Scale very quickly, go from zero clients zero employees, all the way up to an incredibly profitable salon in, in less than a year. That's the only way we hold each other accountable for right. whether we had success or not.
0: Yeah. And I've always said, because we've always built really uh, successful salons, I'm like, every time we've moved or we've changed locations, I, like, if I could pick up this salon and put it in, in a different state when we go, uh, I would. Yeah. So yes, but I couldn't, obviously. So here we are rebuilding <laughs> the salons. But yes. yeah, you know, so make sure you're close. Right. Because you can't do that. You can't move them.
1: No, they don't let you Turns pick them up. Turns out you Put can't. Put them on the back of a flatbed. I would have, yeah. They make you keep them. I
0: would have tried, yeah.
1: Well, awesome. Well, again, okay. I think a, a good thing to consider related to your location. If you like what we're talking about here on the Soul Entrepreneur podcast, make sure and check us out online. We'll see you all soon.
0: See you soon. Bye. <laughs>